Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. You may have caught the news this week that the Australian Capital Territory and the Northern Territory may soon win back control of their euthanasia laws. You might remember there was a major controversy 20 years ago when legislation of the practice was successfully voided by the Commonwealth. It was a major, major controversy at the time. Now, a motion put forward by the Liberal Democrats Senator David Lionhelm could see the Territory Governments legislate on the issue in their own jurisdictions. Well, Christian groups are calling for the proposal to be rejected, citing the fact that vulnerable and depressed people were trying to end their lives when it was law last time. Let's get some insights. David DeLima is the State Director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia and for the Northern Territory. David, welcome back to 2020. It's great to be on air with you, Neil. David, now that Victoria has this assisted dying euthanasia law, the Northern Territory wants to pick up where they left off. What are your feelings about that? Well, this is a most disappointing development, Neil, because we thought we'd dealt with this matter in the Northern Territory, as you say, 20 years ago. The situation in Victoria is a little bit different because there are at least two Houses of Parliament that have to deal with the issue, whereas in the Northern Territory it's only one House of Parliament. And um, at least when there are two Houses of Parliament, you could have a tempering effect or leavening effect, shall we say, on the legislation. Really, the law that was passed in the Northern Territory was just uh, wide open. And uh, as you pointed out, it's a real problem for people who are vulnerable. So perhaps we can talk about some of the people there in the Northern Territory who availed themselves of the legislation uh, back in uh, 19, the mid-1990s. Uh, you've clearly been doing some research there. What sort of stories did you uncover? Well, the Lancet, which is the most prestigious medical journal in the world, they did some research into seven people who had availed themselves or had sought to avail themselves of the euthanasia there back in the mid-1970s. And it really found that uh, the people who were seeking access to that, they weren't making their decisions because they were in pain, but from fear of being a burden and from being worthless and socially isolated. So you don't just have to be terminally ill or in pain. Really, the qualification there was that you just wanted it. And this is the risk of all euthanasia law is that what seem to be quite um, watertight safeguards end up being watered down very rapidly. And so in the Northern Territory, of course, we've got a huge problem with our beloved uh, Indigenous people up there uh, with chronic health issues and depression and things like that. 
the last thing they need, or anyone in the Territory for that matter, is for the law to say, look, if you uh, are reaching the end of your tether, then this is the right place for you. So when you look at the Northern Territory, you can say with evidence, been there, done that, and now that there's legislation in Victoria, this whole slippery slope thing will no doubt happen in that state should the euthanasia laws be enacted there. But uh, what it means when you talk about a slippery slope, that strict laws at the start get watered down, relaxed, in a very short time, and as you say, it's very vulnerable people who are allowed to take their own lives and in some sense hailed as heroes for doing so. That's right, Neil. The, the law always um, has an educative effect and that means that once we, we cross a line, everything changes. Suddenly doctors move from being agents of healing only to agents also of death. Uh, suddenly it's wrong to commit suicide suddenly it's acceptable to commit suicide. These are massive changes in social thinking and they have a huge impact upon the law enforcement agencies, the police, regulators, doctors and nurses themselves. And so we can really look ahead through, uh, through a telescope, if you like, by looking around to see what's happened elsewhere. Uh, and so we can see, uh, for example, in 1999 in the Netherlands, a doctor was charged with uh, illegally assisting the suicide of a patient. Now, this patient wasn't wasn't terminally ill. The patient wasn't even sick, but the patient was healthy but tired of living. So he goes to the doctor and says, "Look, I'm tired of living. Can I have a lethal injection?" Yes, okay. So the doctor is breaking the law by doing that and was prosecuted, but it was eventually acquitted. The point I'm making, Neil, is that when the law changes, our social thinking changes, what was unacceptable now becomes acceptable. And so the safeguards may as well not be there because they don't hold any validity once our thinking has changed. So there are many examples of that overseas. Uh, give you another one, if you like. Uh, in 2005 in the Netherlands, several senior doctors, they were openly admitting that they were killing newborn babies and they were regarding those newborn babies as unworthy of life for whatever medical reason. Now, clearly, the, the babies are not able to give consent. Instead, it's the medical people whose, whose own social values have been reshaped by euthanasia. They were taking matters into their own hands. So the safeguards mean nothing once our there's this paradigm shift in our thinking. So you have the Northern Territory Chief Minister Michael Gunner in the ear of the Prime Minister wanting to alter his government's position on the issue and of course you've got territories formed by the Commonwealth and therefore federal parliament exercises a supervisory responsibility over them. You're saying it's just too risky in the Northern Territory and for the ACT if the government just takes hands off and lets those territory governments do what they want. Yeah, well the the Northern Territory, uh, you can even read these words still today in the Commonwealth Constitution, it's referred to as South Australia's Northern Territory. It's, uh, it used to belong to us here in South Australia, but we, we gave that piece of land and the people there over to the Commonwealth Government in the early 20th century because it seemed silly to administer it from here. So since then they've received their own parliament. They had the opportunity to become a state um, about 10 years ago, but said, no, we're happy to be a territory. 
So they remain a creation of the Commonwealth Government and they remain under the supervision of the Federal Parliament. So when, in the mid-90s, the euthanasia law was enacted, the Federal Parliament said, no, you don't, that's, that's not a good idea. They can't do that with Victoria or with any other state because euthanasia is a state matter. But because the territory is not a state, it's a territory, then it's a federal matter. So the federal government, we believe, the federal parliament has a duty to maintain its pro-life stand, which we applauded back then in the mid-90s, and now it seems to be coming undone. So what's needed, of course, is some prayer and for listeners to contact their members of parliament, the senators especially in the first instance, because it will be before the Senate, and to let them know that they have a duty of care to make sure that what goes on in the Northern Territory is good for the people who live there. Now, given that this motion has been put forward by Liberal Democrat Senator uh, David Lionhelm, does that indicate that it might be just a publicity stunt? Uh, is it likely that the government will take it seriously? Uh, is it likely that the Senate will get behind this? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on how things might go forward from here? very difficult to call on that. The reality is that it will be a conscience vote for all the, all the major parties, so for Labor and Liberal, but unfortunately the, the government is smiling on the concept of this matter being brought forward and they're going to be allocating time. Normally with a private member's bill, it competes with all the other private member's bills that are out there, but for some reason the Turnbull government, we're very disappointed, the Turnbull government has said we will allocate some, some uh, very serious time for this to be debated and resolved. So um, this, this is a matter of great concern. Um, we've seen how libertarian the federal parliament became last year with the same-sex marriage question. Uh, so this one might be a, perhaps a little more fundamental because it's a life issue. So we would hope that uh, the Christian conscience of members will be stirred. They do, of course, begin each day with Christian prayer. So hopefully they'll take seriously that prayer and that God will hear the prayer and answer and that uh, you and I and the listeners can join with them, if you like, in the spiritual realm by praying that God's wisdom will prevail and as they pray that his will will be done on earth as in heaven. So... Uh, it's not over yet, and uh, we'll be encouraging our people, of course, at Family Voice to be making contact with their federal representatives, especially senators. And I do urge your listeners to make contact with their senators and just, uh, just let them know that they're being prayed for and that the hope is that they will choose life. Uh, the interesting and uh, disturbing thing when you've got a senator like uh, Senator Lionhelm and uh, putting forward this motion, then it becomes a negotiating point, doesn't it? And so uh, the risk here is that there might be at a time of weakness in trying to put forward and pass other important big legislation uh, that somehow or other this gets uh, put onto uh, the people of the Northern Territory or the ACT as some sort of a negotiating tool. Yes. Well, there's often a political agenda behind these things. Uh, last year, the speed with which the uh, marriage matter came through was was simply driven by the fact that the government was going to lose control of the House of Representatives. So it wasn't a matter of principle, it was a matter of, of pragmatism. And this has been suggested in relation to the, the matter we're discussing today, that indeed, um, in order to 
find favour on other issues, this particular controversial issue will at least be allowed some debate. So that's a great pity because uh, legislation should always be decided on principle. It shouldn't be, look, I'll, I'll let you win on this one if you'll let me win on the, on, on the other matter. You know, every matter should be assessed on its own merit. But unfortunately, that's not how politics works. That's why we need the wisdom of God for the management of the community. And uh, let's uh, encourage listeners uh, to be prayerful about this. And uh, you did mention uh, be in touch with members of parliament uh, to endeavour to make your view heard. Uh, Let me just point people to the Family Voice Australia website, fava.org.au. David DeLima is the State Director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia and the Northern Territory. So, David, uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.